Welcome back to something of a special edition of the OU Sports Extra podcast. I'm Eli Letterman with Eric Bailey. Eric, how are we doing? It was a Bedlam weekend in Stillwater. Uh, and we've got some other news swirling. But I guess I asked you how you're doing. But before you do that, uh, in today's paper at the Tulsa World, you had a, an extensive, extensive, really thorough, uh, well-reported feature on OU softball coach Patty Gasso, which is why this is a special edition. We're going to spend most of the time of this podcast Speaking about that, but first, I guess, some housekeeping. And Eric, you can tell us all about how OU fared and Patty Gasso fared up in Stillwater this weekend. Uh, they completed a Big 12 sweep of Oklahoma State. They completed a Big 12 sweep of the whole league, 18-0. Uh, just an impressive weekend by the Sooners. I mean, they were down 2-1 in the seventh inning and found a way to, to get a comeback win on Saturday and then closed the door today on Sunday with a 5-1 win behind strong pitching by Alex Tarocco. Uh, you know, Patty Gasso, they win another Big 12 title. And that's all that, you know, we talk about it. That's all she does in Big 12. They just, they just win Big 12 titles. Uh, they have a ton of momentum going into the postseason. And, you know, coming into the year, a lot of people said this year's team could be maybe better than last year's team, which was outstanding. And we're starting to see it. Uh, we really are. I mean, when you're, when, when you're, we only have one loss going through the regular season. It, it's in a pretty incredible run. They've won 41 in a row now. Uh, the all-time softball record is 47. And if you're an Oklahoma fan, of course, 47 is a special number with the football program setting the record at that too. So uh, they're on a roll. They're playing well, uh, playing with confidence. I think that's the big thing. And it's just, a, it, it really goes back to Patty Gasso and her coaching style and how she's handled this team. And when we talk a little bit about the story I wrote about it, you'll see that some of the things she said in the story is really, really reflective in this year's season with the way that they're playing. And it's, you know, worth noting that, you know, Oklahoma State was supposed to be the the main competition. I mean, there were points this year where uh, OU was number one and OSU was number two, and this was going to be a really highly anticipated series. Um, and obviously the Sooners go go up to Stillwater and, and do their thing. But the other part worth noting is that on the final weekend of the regular season last year, OU swept Oklahoma State. Uh, and then a week or two later, not even, uh, Oklahoma State clipped the Sooners in the Big 12 tournament. Uh, and we were on our way at one point to a bedroom final in, in Oklahoma City. Uh, and, and the Cowgirls were close. But, you know, this is perhaps only chapter one between OU and, and Oklahoma State uh, in this spring because we've got a, a Big 12 tournament ahead. Uh, and, and perhaps another rematch in the World Series, but this is the statement um, that OU's made and, and really none of it being a surprise, I don't think. You know, if you're Patty Gasso, I think you really challenged this team. You, you know, you went into the weekend saying, hey, let's get three there. Let's just win one game at a time. Of course, they do that. They win three. So when you do that, now you go into next week and say, okay, what Oklahoma State took something we wanted last year. Let's kind of avenge that. And then you go into the regional and super regionals and you say you don't want to lose an end of your season on your home field. She's going to have challenges in front of this team each time, each weekend. From this weekend on, they're going to have special challenges and, and she's going to set the bar high. And, you know, if you get through the two regionals uh, at home, they're, of course, they'll be the number one overall seed. They're, they're going to get home games the rest of the way until the Women's College World Series. And then when you get there, you say, hey, let's do something that hadn't been done since the, the 90s, early 90s. Let's win like Arizona. Let's win or you UCLA, Arizona. Anyway, excuse me. Let's win three in a row. I can't remember if it's Arizona, UCLA. That's that's a yeah. And I'll look that up in a second, or you can look that up while I'm talking. Yeah. Last team to win three in a row, Arizona, UCLA. I think it's UCLA. But you, you challenge the team. You, you, you set challenges. When you're having so much success, you really try to challenge them each weekend. And this coming weekend at the Big 12 Championship in Oklahoma City, it will be 
Let's try to reclaim what we lost last year. And then you don't want to you challenge them not to lose at home the next two weekends. Then you get the Women's College World Series and let's win another national championship. Let's win three in a row. You don't want to be the team that lets this string go on, let this string end. So I, I really think that that's the key right now with Oklahoma, with what they've been able to do and, and how Patty challenges this team. Well, it is UCLA, so your, I guess, second instinct was right there. Yeah, I, I said um, Arizona, it didn't sound right, so I'm glad, thanks for looking that up. But speaking of motivation, I mean, flipping it over to the baseball team and Skip Johnson's group, they're kind of in the middle of, of a, or at least maybe in the starting stages of what feels, again, like one of those Skip Johnson late season runs. Uh, the Sooners have really picked it up uh, the, the last few weeks, a couple big series wins. This weekend, they go to Morgantown to face 12th-ranked West Virginia, uh, drop the opener, take game two. And, and that, you know, really set up a huge rubber game today. It's Sunday afternoon that we're recording. Uh, and the Sooners couldn't get it done there. So they leave Morgantown with a quality road win. But this this could have been, you know, if, you, if you're thinking about comparisons to last season, um, you know, a, a series victory at 12th ranked West Virginia would have really uh, got, gotten that momentum going. They come home now. They have a trip to Gonzaga ahead. They have Oklahoma State still down in Norman to close the regular season and, and then the big 12 tournament after that. But Skip Johnson and co still searching uh, for, for that, those resume builders. Cause right now they're, they're right on that edge. And I, I think, you know, you might even look back at this weekend and wonder if, if today's game uh, was the difference when all said and done. But Eric, the other thing for us to discuss before we get to Patty Gasso uh, Friday afternoon or OU border regents, uh, you know, as I wrote it in the Tulsa world, uh, the officially official became official uh, with the OU Board of Regents uh, formally approving the Sooners' 2024 move to the SEC. You know, I, we, we're, I'm going to keep this on a softball thought. When Oklahoma gets to, to the SEC in softball, they're not going undefeated in the softball, uh, in softball, the SEC. That's going to be a monster, monster move. I think nine of the last nine of the top 17 teams were ranked. Came, they were came from the SEC this past uh, rankings period. So uh, can you imagine that every week you're going to have a marquee matchup in softball? But this was big for Oklahoma. Everything that happens from this point on, uh, starting with the Board of Regents meeting, is news because this is really jump-starting the move. It's hard to believe when you think about it. We're just really just a little over a year away before this becoming official and OU bidding adieu to the Big 12. So I, I'm really interested to see how everything's handled. I know you got a chance to talk to Joe C. and Joe Harris, too, President Harris. And, uh, you know, this was kind of a formality, but it was a formality with a kick because everything like, again, everything that happens, it's going to be moves because this is such a big move for the, this school. Yeah, I mean, the, for just to I guess summarize what Friday was, I mean, this was uh, something we knew all the way back in February when the Big 12 announced an agreement with OU and Texas and the television partners that would allow uh, Oklahoma and Texas to leave on July. I guess it'll technically be June 30th, 2024 will be the last day in the big 12. Uh, but point being, this was a formality and it was about, you know, the, all the things that a board of regents has to do to certify something like this, but it does, you know, accelerate things. And that's the word that Joe Castiglione used. It's not like they were waiting until Friday to, to begin, you know, these processes they've been working, I think as far back as, as July, 2021, or maybe even sooner than that on what this would look like, the, the staffing, the facilities, the campus upgrades, the cost projections, that's all been done. But this was that latest step, and now we can officially, absolutely, with, with no uh, question mark, say that OU will be in the SEC on July 1st, 2024. But Eric, let's move on uh, to 
this wonderful feature on Patty Gasso you had in here. Can I ask you how many how many words did this this end up at? Uh, I got it right here, uh, four thousand one hundred and twenty-eight, give or take. They tell me I write long. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, I've, I've done this job since I think I started in ninety. Let's see, what year was that? Ninety-six was my first year as a sports reporter in Springfield, Missouri. This is easily the longest story I've ever written. A lot of time went into this story. Uh, a lot of late nights when you're staring at a computer, saying, "Oh, I want to move this here, move that there," and a lot of working with editors. A lot of uh, a lot of just making sure everything was right. Uh, I do want to say this, and I've said it in a couple of tweets on social media. I really appreciate Coach Gasso and her family and, and a lot of her friends, too, for allowing me access. I mean, it's not it, it's hard to really get into somebody's life and, and ask some tough personal questions that I know are really hard to answer. And I'll, I really appreciate uh, Coach Gasso and, and her husband, Jim Gasso, was was amazing. So I think that, you know, it, it's not it's one thing to go out and write a story, but it's another when you have just the access that I had. And I, I'm really, really deeply appreciative to all that really helped me write this story. So the story that ran in today's Tulsa World, the Sunday edition is online right now. The title is, Who is Patty Gasso? The story behind the best coach, the best team in college softball. I'll start here, Eric. Where, where did you come at this from in terms of approaching it and, and, and ultimately writing the story that you wanted to tell about Patty Gasso? You know, the, the key with Patty is, and I, you know, I just say Patty because I think everyone in Oklahoma calls her Patty. They don't say Coach Gasso. They say Patty because you feel that close to her just after meeting her a couple of times. But the thing with, with Patty was we all know what her teams have done on the field. We know the championships. We know the straight win. I mean, they're on a 41-game winning streak now. But I wanted to look into seeing what made her what made her tick and how did she get where she will hear what how she got how did she get to where she's at now? Let me let me put it that way. And you know, and when I started asking people who should I talk to for the story, a lot of people said she really has a real tight circle. Her circle's tight. Uh, softball community, her OU players, and number one, her family. And that's then that was the key. Uh, she keeps a really tight circle. So I knew I had to go to the family. And that was it. And that was the key. Uh, you know, I had a chance to talk to her two sons, got to talk to her husband. And when trying to find out what makes her tick, what makes her, you know, what really was her foundation for where she's at now, that's who I wanted to talk to the most. And again, Jim Gasso, uh, the, the, the OU. Oh, you uh, close that close knit family. They call him Poppy. Poppy was huge. He was big time. We talked for 45 minutes. Interesting. Um, <clears throat> I was born in Redondo Beach, California. Now, I moved to Oklahoma when I was six months old, but Redondo Beach, that was almost like <laughs> something that really. When when I told uh, Jim Gasso that he 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 started laughing because that's the town where Patty and him got married. They're from Southern California. I was born in Southern California, so we had a lot of talks about my parents and how much they love Southern California, and then how much they grew up there. So the main thing was just getting to know Patty through her family. And then usually I don't do this, but Patty was my last interview. I talked to everyone but Patty for this story. And sometimes I, I don't like doing that sometimes, but I think it really worked here because it really allowed me to really ask, okay, well, Patty, Jim said this, Patty, DJ said this, Patty, JT said this. And it really allowed us to go deeper on some really serious topics. And, you know, you mentioned all these different people. I was going to ask you about the major players in this, but you've laid them out. What did you find most fascinating speaking to, to Jim Gasso? And I, I mean, you've, I know you've told me, but, and it's in this story, but even the, their courtship or the, the love story of how they met, uh, you, you were able to, to inject into this story. You know, it's funny because they grew up eight miles, their high schools were eight miles away. 
there was a little bit of an age difference. I think uh, Jim's a couple, two, maybe three years older than Patty, but there's a little bit of age difference. And I, I told Patty, you know, when you were in eighth grade, you went to a football game and your future husband was playing on the other school's team. And she just laughed and she goes, you know, if you told me I was going to marry someone from Banning High School, which is where Jim went to school, she said, I never would have believed it. <laughs> she said Banning, Banning was the rough school and, and Patty went to a private school. And, and then Jim came back saying, well, we beat him in football really bad every year. And they, you know, they kind of laughed about that a little bit, but I thought it was neat how they met. I mean, they met at school and they were in the same class, didn't even realize it too. Uh, they went to the same class, the same class. And, um, and uh, Jim was the class clown. Patty was the one who wanted to study and get to softball practice and graduate. And Jim was more lighthearted, you know, almost like this may be a little dated Eddie Haskell and leave it to Beaver. Like you look good today. Tell the professor that and just really. And Patty said, who is this guy? But they got to know each other and, and they really found out that they really meshed. And it was, it's a really neat relationship how those two met. And uh, I, I thought that was really, really big. And we talk about major players in this story. He was the one. He was the one that really, really understands Patty. Of course, they've been married 36 years. Uh, and I, it, it was really neat talking to him. And, I, you know, I've talked to him a couple of times since then. And I was told this before I talked to him the first time. He is just so outgoing and so personable. And definitely he, he is really a good guy. And you can really see part of the a big part of the reason why Patty's where she's at is through him. I'm going to say, yes, that reference was dated, but we'll allow it. We're going to allow it. Now, <laughs> you, you write in here. Uh, it, it's right in the opening passage that, you know, when you met with Patty for this story, she said, why would you waste your time writing about me? Uh, so what was it like sitting down with her? Was it different from your interactions when you've, you've obviously spoken to her a lot and interviewed her plenty of times uh, as a coach, but sitting there with her for this conversation and also diving into some really personal family things, uh, both positive and, and challenging. What was it like sitting there with her and, and having this conversation? Well, you know, that's the thing. And that's a part of our job as reporters, Eli, you know this too. You really have to build a rapport with the subjects you're talking to. You really have to build trust. And that's the key. I mean, you need to make the subject feel comfortable. And it's helped that I've covered her for a few years now. She's gotten to know me. I've gotten to know her. And I think that played a really uh, big part in her opening up to me a little more. Uh, you know, we hit some really tough topics on her. We talked about her mother who's really battling Alzheimer's disease, and it's just so hard on her. It's so straining on her. Uh, you know, we talked about, you know, how long is she going to coach? What, what's going to happen there? We talked about just the expectations of the softball program. Now they're higher than any other coaches faced and, and we talked about why she's compensated what, where she is. She's over a million dollars a year. And it's because these expectations and she's risen the bar so high. That's why she's paid so well. So when you're asking those questions, they're difficult questions, but I think it helped some that we knew each other a little bit and she didn't shy away. She really didn't. She, and she's a pro. She's done this many years. I mean, she's talked to a lot of people about a lot of different topics. So, uh, but, you know, just to hear her talk about her mom and I've talked to her about, talked to her about her mom before. And it's still, you, you really feel for this family because, you know, her mom, the Alzheimer's disease is the worst. It just, oh gosh, it takes so much on the, away from the individual. It takes so much away from the family. And with, with, with Patty, that was, the toughest topic to talk about and understandably so because her mom is her hero, her mentor. Uh, so when we sit and talk and talk about some of these topics like this, that was the key. I mean, I think it really helped that we had that rapport. We had talked before and uh, just her willingness to really go deep into some of these subjects was really, it really made the story. 
What were those emotions like for Patty in the conversation specifically about her mother? You know, when we talked about it, I wasn't really talking about her mom. We were talking a little bit about California and such. And Patty's the one who guided this conversation to her mom. And uh, she needed time a couple of times to catch her you know, catch yourself. I mean, tears were welling up. She, you know, she, she apologized. She said, it's not your fault. It, it was tough. And, and that was hard because it, it you don't see Patty Gasso vulnerable. You see her in the coach, third base coach's box, just a competitor, a feisty competitor. And that's probably the most vulnerable that I've ever seen her, but it's, under, it's totally understood because it, it, again, this disease is so awful. And her, her mom, single parent, raised her, taught her a strong work ethic, uh, taught her athleticism. I mean, athleticism went from mom to Patty and mom still goes for walks, 86 years old. I, and, and she still goes for walks. She didn't. And Patty really think that that's what really keeps her strong is going for walks or 84 years old, excuse me. And she's 84. That's what really keeps her, her mind just sharp, her physical, physical body sharp going for walks. So for Patty, it was hard to talk about her because it's just for anybody, it's hard to see someone going through this. And, and it just it it I hated it. And we didn't talk that long about her mom, maybe three or four minutes. But I put this in the story every second we talked about her. It was just painful because you just hurt so much for Patty and hurt so much for this family. You wrote about Patty Gasso, the grandmother, Patty Gasso, the gardener. Patty Gasso, the million dollar coach. What did you, as a broad question, but what did you find most fascinating in your reporting? If there's an individual element that, that you came away with? You know, it's funny when I had a chance to talk to Jim Gasso, uh, we were just talking about different things. And I asked, I said, if you guys are watching TV and fall asleep in front of the TV, what shows on? And I was expecting Sports Center, you know, maybe old clips of softball games. And and they said, and she did say it's either sports, which I understood, or a reality show. And then and we both started laughing. Uh, Patty Gasso likes to watch reality TV. I will give credit to Lauren Chamberlain because I asked Lauren Chamberlain, I said, what show do you think Patty watches? And Lauren said, probably, I don't know, reality shows. And, and Lauren was so excited when she got it right. But uh, Real Housewives of Orange County, which I'm like, really? And the thing is, though, is it, it takes her back home to California because there's so much stuff out there that so many reminders of home. Like anyone, if you're away from home uh, and you, you see a show on TV and you look back, say that, hey, I know that spot or I like watching that. And, and that's exactly what it is. And and I asked Patty about it and Patty just kind of laughed about that. I, mean, I didn't get this in the story about what TV shows watching, but she says sometimes it's fun watching other people's dumpster fires, just seeing things going on. Uh, Below Deck, she said, is one of her favorite shows, too. And if you watch an episode of that, that's that's crazy, too. So, But Patty just likes just and it's really neat because it shows she's just like us. I mean, you, we, we think of her as this softball coach that's, you know, guiding everything. And she, her mind is 24-7 on softball. No, she's just like us. And that's that's a cool thing. Did you, uh, this story is so much about Patty Gasso, the person away from OU, although it's all intertwined. Did you gain any insight into the program through writing this and reporting this? You know, I think the big thing is just how much the players, and I, you know, I got a chance to talk to, to uh, Tiara Jennings' mom, and, and that's what I think. As a parent, uh, myself, 
you always want what's best for your kids. And outside of the wins and losses, again, the wins and losses speak for themselves. We write about that all the time. Uh, but it's the things that help create those wins and losses. And it's those relationships with players. And of course, you know, I, I could have went to a player and said, what, what was your relationship like, a current player? I did talk to Lauren Chamberlain a little about it, but I, I didn't choose to talk to a current player. I wanted to talk to a parent, get their perspective. What do you see? And uh, Tiara Jennings' mom was so impressed with how much Patty empowers the girls. I call girls, they're young ladies, excuse me, because uh, that's what, what Patty talks about. She wants them to enter the program as girls and leave as women. And I think that's so, so important to, um, to Patty. And, and, and it, you know, forget, you know, it's important to leave with a, a graduation, with graduation with a degree. But um, Maria Jennings talked about the personality and how much Tiara had grown in the two years, she's in her third season now, but how much she's grown as a person and how much she's really, uh, be, and she called Patty a boss lady. She said she's being led, and Tiara is being led by a boss lady. And as a parent, that's what you want. You want a coach, not only to coach him on the field, but coach him off the field in the game of life. And he, Lauren Chamberlain said there were a lot of times when she was a player that Patty knew what was wrong with Lauren before Lauren did. And she said she'll always respect Patty for that. So um, that's probably the insight. And again, we can talk wins or losses, strategy, you know, how she's, her mind game is softball. It's pretty incredible. But, you know, as a parent, I just really appreciate learning that about her and how much she really means to the kids. Last two questions, then you're off the hot seat. You <laughs> asked Patty or the, the conversation at one point went to how long will she do this for? When will she be done? Uh, and she, I don't believe she gave you, a, a, you know, she didn't tell you three years and I'm out of here. Um, there's a lot, uh, I think, still in front of her. But what, what did you glean from her answer there? And uh, I won't ask you to tell me when you think she'll be done. But what was your what did you come away with in, in, in speaking to her on that subject? It was really interesting because she didn't give a timeline. She didn't say, oh, you know, four years, five years and I'm done. I really, truly believe she really enjoys what she's doing. She loves the competitiveness. She, she you know, she's. They're chasing records now that no one in this uh, the history of the game has seen in the last 20 years with what they're able to do with wins and losses and, and national championships. But it, it comes at a cost. And, you know, she said just as recent as five years ago, it was so much different. I mean, uh, she we go back talking about the well-being of the players, you know, and I saw it when OU played at Tulsa last week. It's hard to get from the dugout to the bus. And, and, and I say that in terms of think of fan requests, think of autographs requests. There's always one more picture wanting to be taken. You know, hey, can you sign this? Can you sign that? I mean, OU had a designated person giving out Sharpies to players when they were walking from the dugout to the bus because they knew that they were going to have to sign autographs. I mean, one of the administrators had a handful of Sharpies and every time a player walked by, he'd give him a Sharpie, give him a Sharpie. I mean, it was just like automatic. And Patty said, you know, she understands it, but it, it's just hard because it used to be do your thing, have fun, play the game, and then you walk on the bus and you go home. It's becoming more of a time commitment, and it's not a bad thing. I mean, I don't want it to sound like she hates it. I don't want to say that. That's not how I want this portrayed, but it's just different, and I think that's what Patty's trying to really accept because this is new, too. She's coached a lot of years, but this aspect of it's so new where they're sending, they're setting attendance records all over the country. Every time they go to a, a, an opposing venue, records are set. And, and it's because Oklahoma's coming to town. You know, if you're a home team, if, you're, if your team's playing Oklahoma at your stadium, hey, you get a chance to play number one. I want to go to that game. 
And also what we're finding out is OU fans will go a lot of places to watch this team play. And there's an OU alumni everywhere. If they come to your town, you want to go represent and watch OU. So I think that that's the big thing. Um, and, you know, and, and it's hard. She even said that we, she doesn't want to disappoint Sooners fans. That's the thing. She doesn't want to disappoint them. So when Oklahoma lost 4-3 way back in February, they've almost had three months of wins since then. But Precisely 41 wins. 41 <laughs> wins, yes. And people want to know what happened, what went wrong. Hey, it was a 4-3 loss on the road, one game, and the only in February. one in February. And, and, and people still look back at that game, and, well, maybe someone found a way to beat them. The expectation level is so sky high, and that can wear on you. That really can. So, and I don't think she's concerned about herself, her own well-being, as much as the players. And that's the one thing. One of the things we talked took away from this is just how much she has concern about her players and their well-being. And I, I think that that's big too because it, it, she really cares about them. It's funny, you know. We hear coaches all the time now talk about the transfer portal and NIL and everything else that's changed about their jobs in the last few years. It would seem, I'm sure Patty Gasso has all of that on her plate, but it would really seem that the big, you know, the big challenge is is just maintaining this excellence with the 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 program she's built and and all that's come with it. With the hit, you know, the, the championships with the Jocelyn Allos and the, the star players and, and this, you know, what's becoming a dynastic program comes all this attention. And and that's what you find through here is, is that. You know, I, I don't know about ironically enough, but in a world where we hear coaches, sorry, oh my God, everything's changing now. The biggest change for Patty Gasso in this program has been the success and all that's come with it. Uh, and I will close with you here. And I think you maybe touched on it a bit, Eric, in your answer, last answer. But what did you learn about Patty Gasso that you didn't know before from this? Because we'll go back, we'll be in Oklahoma City, and then later this week, we'll be covering uh, OU the, the rest of the spring all the way through in all likelihood, uh, the Women's College World Series. But you're going to go back to covering Patty. What do you now know about her? What perspective do you have on her that you might not have had before? And I, you're right. I did touch upon it a little bit. I mean, it, and I, again, being the parent of a softball player, I got softball in my hands right now. <laughs> being the parent of a softball player, it, it's how she handles her players. And that's the thing. And I, I have, I'm really blessed with the opportunity to uh, coach my daughter's 13-year-old team, Tulsa Elite 27-28. Got to throw that in there. Got to get that little <laughs> little thing in there. But yeah, I get a chance to coach them, but it, it's the relationships. And that's the thing. I've always known she's had relationships. And, and you know, as a travel ball coach, you, you want to really follow her blueprint and, and have those relationships. And, you know, when you have Lauren Chamberlain talking about her and how much she meant to her, you know, years after she left the program and how she still looks to her as a mentor, when you have a parent saying, you know, she's teaching my daughter, uh, you know, that she means something and that there needs to be fairness and equality. And, and that's so important because we don't see that a lot for women's sports. You know, Patty's making a million dollars a year, but she doesn't talk about it. But she does know that it, it's, it's, you know, it's really probably helped push up some of the salaries at other schools. And I know that she hopes uh, that there's someone else after her. Because right now, Patty Gasso is the face of college softball. She is the face of college softball. And I think that, you know, when she does decide to retire, there's going to have to be someone that really takes her lead. And she's really 
set the bar high. And I think that's what really impressed me the, the most is the way she answered the question about, you know, she's a trendsetter. She's earning a million dollars a year. The expectations are high, but everyone's looking at her. She didn't look for that attention. She didn't look to be the trendsetter, but that's what she is. And she understands it and she embraces it. And I think the thing, and we've talked about, I've written about it in the past, equality is so important for her. And years ago, we talked about it. But even now, even now, when it seems like everything's kind of leveling out more, we're seeing attendance, 9,000 fans at a, at a softball game. We're seeing ESPN get record numbers for broadcasting softball games. She's still fighting for that equality. And I think that's what I, it impresses upon, that's what impressed upon me the most. And, uh, and, and you know what? Her two sons, She's really proud of what they're doing. Uh, JT is an assistant coach at OU, DJ is an assistant coach at Utah, and we talked about her sons, and she's so impressed that they have that same mentality, equality, fairness, and, and they're teaching their players what Patty taught them. Uh, he, he, they, he, she just loves that they're, they're in this sport and that they have same, some of the same, uh, same thoughts as she does in some of these topics, and it, it, it's a credit to Patty. She raised them right. And uh, we'll just see how long they're going to coach. But I think that's so important. And she, I think of all her, her coaching trees, pretty elaborate. She got a ton of coaches everywhere, but she's so proud of those two boys because they really, really do preach that as well. Well, Eric, I appreciate you diving into this with me. It was a fabulously reported story. Uh, as I said before, you can find it. I'll go track down a print edition today in, in the Tulsa world or, or check it out online at tulsaworld.com. Uh, Eric, that'll do it here. I think we'll be back this week, right, with a, a softball preview, most likely, big, a big, big, 12, big yeah. week, big week. So we'll be back. You can, as always, find us Spotify, Google, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you get your podcasts, and we will be back uh, later this week.